does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Hey, look at it this way. At least you're not a Jets fan. Hey, what's going on? It's the Wake Up Call hanging out with you in the DriveHubler.com studios. KB and Andy, he's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. A busy, busy show. Week one of the NFL season, fellas. In the books last night, the Jets winners. But ultimately, as always, the Jets losers. Jonathan Taylor news. We can talk about that. Shane Stein. Steichen spoke yesterday. We we kind of uh, get everything directed towards the Texans game coming up on Sunday. Indiana has a quarterback. A busy, busy day as we sit here on the fan on a Tuesday. Good morning. Would you rather be a Giants fan or a Jets fan? That's literally I, what I, I asked him I when he always, walked in today. I would always rather be a Giants fan over a Jets fan. Every single day. Put your bias they're, aside they're lo- with that they're lo- answer. They're losers, and they're not the even Jets the— Jets won last night. They're not even the love— Did they? Did they win? Did it feel like a win last night when the Achilles snap? You got you want Zach Wilson? Is that who you want? Boy, you know, you I was— Why do you want to go and trade Anthony Richardson for Zach Wilson? We'll see what we talk about. <laughs> By the way, the good Tuesday morning to everybody out there. Appreciate you tuning in. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy. I'm Kevin Bowen. That is Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton with us, as always— um, I'm a Peyton, or I should say I'm a Manning cast viewer. I know so you I are. I was watching the man. Luckily, Rosie actually went to bed at a decent hour last night. So I started to flip on the Manning cast right when the game was really starting. And I thought to myself, man, Rodgers is under some serious pressure early in that game. I mean, the line stinks. Boy, those first couple of um, dropbacks, I'm like, man, he's going to get killed back here. Obviously, the play happens and... Robert Saleh pretty much has confirmed that it is a torn Achilles for Aaron Rodgers. And all this, you know, the thing I love about the Manning cast is Peyton Manning cannot hide his emotions. Like, he really struggles with being politically correct when it's live television. He can be very much a politician when it's scripted, when it's, so oh, I'm going to air this, mm-hmm. and we're going to double and triple check and all of that. When it's live, though... Oh boy, he's not hiding it. And his just like pure displeasure for Zach Wilson, or even knowing <laughs> that Zach Wilson was on the Jets roster still, oh, yeah. was absolutely hilarious to watch. What a wild night. And I know that Aaron Rodgers is one of, if not the most polarizing figures in today's NFL. And I, I don't think this is my... I have the Jets in the Super Bowl representing the AFC. Did you talk no, with this? Did you have them in the Super Bowl? Uh, Remember, I, can't I, had remember. The, I, had, I had the dirtiest Super Bowl pick you're of all the, time. You the Cowboys, Cowboys Jets. Jets. Okay. Yeah, you guys made me shower wow. three times. I after can't. Re- that I pick. can't remember yesterday, let alone what we talked about on Thursday and Friday last week. Like, I'm bummed. I I, I want storylines. I want what? juice. I want drama. And Aaron Rodgers being done for the year eliminates. I think some of that. Now, insert your ESPN joke here, and your Mike Greenberg joke here, and, oh, yeah. and your and your national media oh, the joke. J- here. The Jets fans, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I I am bummed. Like I, I was really really intrigued by what would happen. Just purely curiosity, what would happen with Rodgers and the Jets, and now. I cannot wait to see what calls they make today. Do they call Tom Brady? Do they call Carson Wentz? 
do they call the man that was on the Manning cast last night? <laughs> do they call Carson Wentz to do what? In the second half? Do they call <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Are they calling Phillip Rivers? Didn't the 49ers say that? <laughs> Did Phillip Rivers have another kid? They, they were going to go after Phillip Rivers late last season when their injuries yeah. started to happen. Uh, did you see the leader in Vegas? Uh, I did not to see be the, the Jets le- quarterback. I, I did not see the leader in Vegas. Is it Brady? It is a Colts connection. Oh, it's a Colts connection. You're going to put me on the spot here, Mark. Come on, who is it? It's a Colts connection. Okay, you already said it wasn't Carson Wentz. Gardner J- Minshew. Is it J- Jacoby Brissett? For a second there, I was like, "Are we going to have to play the CBS audio, Mark?" Oh, we have no. Matt Ryan. Oh boy, oh. Uh, it is not Matt Ryan. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh God, Nick Foles. Mm. Oh yeah. I saw some memes. That's why I was seeing the memes of of Nick Foles. What do they do? Big Nick. Are they, are they sticking with Wilson? Yeah. I mean, I I asked this in all seriousness. Are they st- sticking with Zach oh, Wilson? Wilson's st- Will, listen, Wilson's terrible, and he's the kind of terrible that gets booed off the field after so a is couple Zach third Wilson and tens. The guy, or do they make a call somewhere else? I mean, you here? can make. Yeah, I mean, listen, their team's good enough around that they could win a game against Buffalo. I mean, like Aaron- they were seven and four last year with those quarterbacks, and I mean Wilson, Flacco, Flacco. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's not. This is a good football team around. Their quarterback. I mean, look at what they did last night. It's it's why they mortgaged a lot of money and a first round pick and everything else to go get the guy. Yeah, listen. So and here's I, the thing: you're going to get him. Uh, okay, so they, Buffalo was uh, was last night one, two, three, four. They have five more preseason games. KB, they have five. Week four against Kansas City. Week nine against the Chargers. Week ten against the Raiders. Week twelve against Miami. No, and week fl- seventeen against Cleveland. Flex schedules coming in handy yeah. at that point. Yeah, they got to flex at least seventeen. But aren't they still <laughs> dramatic? Like, is no, it, I they're mean, not. They're going to be sad and pathetic if they have Zach Wilson. Last night, I mean, that was one of the wilder games you're ever going to see. Josh Allen, hero ball after hero ball after hero ball. Garrett Wilson with the early catch of the year, uh, an undrafted free agent, a hard knocks darling returns a punt for a touchdown to win the game. The Sam Martin tackle attempt is one of the funnier things you will see in trying to stop that punt return for a touchdown. Tyler Bass knocks one off the upright uh, to force the game into overtime. What a Monday night. Look at you. What time did you go to bed last night? You oh, I was for the wired. Inter- You're wired? Yeah. You had, the, what, you had a little coffee? I was yeah. working on the home bar last night. So I made I made Ooh. it Yeah, I made it deep into the night. I, I eventually fell asleep. I, I don't know. We can we can talk about that. You know, and this is unfair. I was going to say, how does what happened last night relate to the Colts at all? Oh, I, um, and, I think and, it does. Okay, well, I mean, the only thing I was going to bring up with all of this, and again, we can take some calls as we go today. We have a busy 9 o'clock hour. Zach Kiefer going to join us. Zach Osterman, it's a very heavy Zach hour uh, coming up in the nine o'clock hour here on the wake up call on the fan. I mean, to me, and it's just, it, it's all about, it's it's so all about the quarterback in the NFL that, I, I mean, they win the game last night, but I mean, we're talking about, I mean, we've, we've mentioned the names, Jacoby Brissett, Matt Ryan, uh, a Tom Brady who has been retired and is well over 40 years old. I mean, we, Carson Wentz. We, I, I, it just, you know, Anthony Richardson was hobbling almost the entire game, and it shows us because when I'm watching on Sunday, I'm like, if he goes down, this is not as interesting with Gardner Minshew, and it's not going to be as interesting, obviously, for the Jets and the NFL without Aaron Rodgers. That it's all so much about the quarterback. You know, and I know it's a cop out. One guy goes down, and your season goes down. I mean, the, the Jets' season is sunk. 
today. I, I'm sorry. It's sunk. Yeah, okay, maybe they can win eight games. So with- when they were 7-4 at the start of December last season with those quarterbacks, that doesn't matter? They were they proved to be a good football team until the last month of the season. Can they not replicate that again? I, I mean, you're talking about bringing someone in mid-season at this point. At so the it's not Wilson. Position. So you would make one of these calls. I I, I don't know. And they, I know they, some they, of these no, names are beyond they, laughable. They don't. They don't have. They, to me, they don't have a good option. The only option. Yeah, that the they, options all stink. The option that they could have had, KB, that obviously they can't do now is. Purdy is back with San Francisco, and he's yeah. good, at, and they like him. Trey Lance is, action. Is, is Trey Lance Sam mm-hmm. Darnold, but Trey Lance is now gone. Trey Lance is gone, and if you're San Francisco and you like Sam Darnold, which they do, you can't move on from him. Purdy's coming off an injury, and they have a really good backup. They have a Darnold valuable back to New York. They, they I love a, it. Yeah, they have a valuable backup. It's like it's like the can't. It's like uh, it's like here in Indy. You can't even think about Minshew or someone like that. Minshew is a valuable backup quarterback. And I know it's they're in different spots. The Colts are not a team that could knock on the door, you know, playoffs, AFC championship, that sort of thing. But I mean, come on, you you have a chance with Minshew if if AR had to miss a game. They have a chance with Sam Darnold. I don't know a name. I, I, listen, it's you run the ball and play, you know play defense. Wildcat with Brees Hall after his effort last night. <laughs> and Dalvin Cook, man, I don't know. I just, How about I, uh, the names are bad. I Ooh. do think there is a Colts angle to the Aaron Rodgers okay. thing, and we can get to that in a little bit. The last thing I did want to mention, Rodgers related. Uh, Carson Wentz, and, and I just had to laugh at this a little bit, uh, throws up an Instagram yesterday. This is prior to, obviously, all of the drama playing out last night with Rodgers uh, seemingly having a season end on the fourth play of the game. Carson Wentz had an Instagram of him hunting. It looked like uh, some sort of deer that he had... I, I mean, elk. I don't know the proper term for it, but certainly he had been successful in what he was trying to do. And the caption was, throwing darts in the woods while waiting to throw darts on Sundays. Yeah, okay. Keep waiting. <laughs> Go ahead and keep waiting. Can you imagine Carson Wentz in New York? He got no. He he'd be crushed. He got engaged at uh, the castle in Kentucky. Have you ever seen the castle? There's a big there's a big castle. He married a Kentucky girl, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, no, it's like a legit castle. You can stay the night there. It costs like you know like seven hundred dollars. So Wentz, Brady, Foles, Ryan. Out of those four names, who do Boy, they call? Foles was so bad. What did you guys think of him? I mean, the Colts had given up at that point, kind of, right? I Last mean, all year, of these options. I mean, I, you, I mean, you, you were literally I, saying to me, would you rather put mayo in your coffee, <laughs> in your Powerade, Kevin, in your beer, oh. or in your water? Right, Nick, so, Nick Foles' body outline is still laying on MetLife Stadium, is it not? Vegas has Nick. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's <laughs> technically there. Like a, cho- like a chalked yeah. outline. You're giving me Foles. Wentz, Brady, Wentz. Ryan, Foles. Okay, Ryan is washed, uh, and I'm anti-Wentz, so we're down to Brady and Foles, and I think Brady is well into retirement. Uh, he just got honored by the Patriots. I don't think he'd do that. How I'll great go Nick would that Foles. be if he went to the Jets? I mean, it would be fantastic. Now, that would be a great storyline. I'll go Nick Foles. Big Nick. Wild game last night. The Jets went in overtime 22-16, but obviously the storyline is Aaron Rodgers' season uh, pretty much is over. The, the, the Jets said that is after the game, over? waiting for an MRI. I think that's a fair question yeah. to ask um, if you're talking about a guy that is that age coming back from Ugh. a torn Achilles. Obviously a much different situation here in Indianapolis with their quarterback. I, I do think it's something to note, Andy. I mean, Anthony Richardson has played one NFL game, and he's dealing with two lower body injuries. Already. Yeah, listen. Um, and, and I know there's some debate yeah. out there. Should he have ran more 
in the opener. I think, and I was one of those people watching the game. I thought in the third quarter there, I'm like, man, they're kind of getting away from some of the. Uh, design runs with Richardson. How much of that was he got hurt on his first ever design run in the NFL? And again, I, I said to Mike Chappell watching that game on Sunday, I'm like, this is different. This is grown men tackling Anthony Richardson. I mean, in college, sure, SEC guys, yeah, they can be similar, but in the NFL, it it, it ups uh, a notch. So it sounds like he should be okay for this week, but it's just a wear and tear. It, it's these sorts of hits adding up. So certainly that can be something that we'll hit on today. I do want to get back to, I briefly mentioned it yesterday, uh, Jonathan Taylor's agent throwing a like on one of my tweets here recently. Yeah, I think it, listen KB, sorry, I I think we need to get into at 730 uh, what you're talking about with Anthony Richards and I think we need to get into Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I mean what, yesterday Steichen confirmed was not on the sideline. Is that a mutual decision? Oh, I I need to know why. I yes, I need. I am asking the question so I don't turn into a hot take artist. But I need to know why. I just remember last year. Remember when Lamar Jackson didn't travel with the Ravens in a playoff game? How big of a deal it was. Uh, I, I'm I'm trying yeah, Chris to. Chris Jones was in the building yeah, for Kansas City's yeah, first game. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, they his got, henchman next to him. They got things <laughs> yeah uh, cleared up yesterday. Uh, and then on the Jonathan Taylor front, as we talk right now, and, and I think this is a story to to watch all day today when I should say when I don't think it's if the Colts make another running back move but more of when because right now one healthy running back on your 53-man roster that one healthy running back Deion Jackson who's still there (laughs) he has to someone has to play running back for the Colts and I think I said enough about Deion Jackson yesterday uh, on my thoughts about his season opener. All right, I'm Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton with us, as always. And Zach Kiefer was in the building on Sunday. Um, wrote spe- specifically on Anthony Richardson. Had a conversation with Trevor Lawrence as well. So we'll talk with Zach coming up at 9 o'clock. Not only a little Taven Jackson chatter with Zach Osterman coming up at 9.30, but Zach also had a story yesterday, and again, Zach covers IU for the Indy Star, where uh, Indiana's buying out Mm. their 2024 game with Louisville, so Louisville off the schedule, likely an FCS opponent on the schedule. We'll get more into the why of that coming up with Zach Osterman when he joins us in the 9 o'clock hour. A good Tuesday morning to you. Some overnight rain, certainly. I played with fire, by the way, driving in. I I, I had the gas tank light on. Me, I, t- me too. <laughs> gosh, boy. You have a longer drive than I think I Chemistry do. Chemistry through the but, roof right but, now. But I did. My car How tells many miles you, can you go on that? Uh, okay, so my, Can you go at least 30? Oh, yeah. I think the, the light comes on at... A couple gallons on mine, maybe two gallons, maybe a gallon and a half. So it's more so, than just so, a gallon. So, so I can, so I can ride at forty-five miles. I feel like now I don't do that. I don't, I don't play you that sound game. Sound like you've done this before, uh, just I'm, with I'm, your confidence. I mean, level it's, si- it's science. I'm a sports radio scientist. Obviously, everyone's done this. Come on, everyone knows their car when the light comes on. How many miles they roughly can go? Right. Forty-five seems high. Mine always comes on, and when when it does come on, it'll say like. You know, average to empty, it says 35. And I'm yep. like, how accurate is that? Because if I, I know, ride. I kind of want to test it. I know it's yeah. not great for my car, but. I think everyone knows it's how big your tank is, but also I think everyone knows in their car when they can hit when, when the light comes on, and then in my car there's a light and then there's a blinking light, and when the when the light starts to blink, then you're then you're down to the end, and that's only happened to me twice. That's twice. when you stop playing a fire, and I've had the car since 2014. 
Aaron Rodgers, Achilles, Anthony Richardson's injury situation, where the Colts are at running back right now, and Jonathan Taylor's agent throwing a little like on a tweet of mine. We'll explain all of that on today's show. You listen to the wake up call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5107.5, The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Nine o'clock hour, hanging out with you in the drivehubler.com studios. Zach Kiefer going to join us from The Athletic here in about three minutes. Zach Osterman will join us from the Indianapolis Star at uh, 9.30 in a half an hour or so. Uh, we talked a little bit there before we did our over-under reactions, whatever, however you want to put it, our overreactions on a Tuesday. Uh, Stephen Holder reporting why Jonathan Taylor not on the sideline. KB, you had the article up. I have not seen this. As of yet. Yeah, and this is from Stephen's story about Jonathan Taylor. Again, not at the game on Sunday. Um, Stephen writes, That's a continuation of how things have played out the past couple weeks when Taylor's time around the team has been minimized, according to sources, at the request of the team. Taylor often departs for the day before the Colts' midday practices following his morning ankle rehab sessions. From all appearances, the relationship between Taylor and the team has not improved. So, is there um, any story there? I, I'm trying to. I mean, I guess I don't like it, but I, well, I, 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 I don't think, know how much to make of it. You know, the, the next quote unquote deadline is just what happens after week four. So, um, the fact that you're now approaching the halfway point of the season and seemingly the relationship has not gotten any better, I guess that would be where the story is. Again, it seems like the Colts are pretty content. With not having Taylor around for meetings and or the game. So, again, Stephen going to join us tomorrow. We can ask him more about that. Zach Kiefer, in just a second, he was at the debut of Anthony Richardson, wrote on that. So we'll chat with Zach about what he saw on Sunday. Obviously, the big storyline from last night, Aaron Rodgers, sounds Mm. like it is a torn Achilles for him, just waiting an MRI to confirm that. But that's what the Jets believe off of that. Uh, Zach Wilson... Or the field. And the field I'll choose, includes I'll choose death. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, oh. Carson Wentz. Oh. Vegas has Nick Foles oh. as the current favorite. I, I mean, I would take Foles out, Foles out of those four. I mean, Zach Wilson's going to get yet another shot. He's going to be so bad. That line is so bad. They're going to boo him so much. 
poor Zach Wilson, his beautiful, perfect hair, and his his hot mom, and uh, whatever else. How much well, did you guys? It's hot, hot mom, or the mom has hot friends, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what Zach Wilson said? How much said? you and Jake were doing the show then, right? That wasn't before you guys, was it? No, I think that was, was when it? we were doing it. I yeah. mean, you guys had to talk a lot about that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. NFL market. Yeah. I mean, you know, Zach Wilson throwing some passes in the stands, so the mom's <laughs> friends feel like they're a part of the action. Oh man, I have a buddy who loves older women. He loves Zach Wilson, and he was a Jets fan. He was in heaven. Then he loved Aaron Rodgers. Then he loved alcohol because of last night. <laughs> That's basically how it's it quite went. the path. By the way, Robbie tweets into the show and says, uh, "Why is Bowen trying so hard to find a reason to make a public appearance shirtless or in a speedo?" He says, "You buy fifteen windows from Window Nation. I'll run by your house wearing only three socks." <laughs> Isn't the sock thing that was a Red Hot Chili Peppers thing? <laughs> Again, an, also an uncomfortable thing I would never yeah. want to do in my entire life. Robbie, I'll take my, I'll take my team losing 40 to nothing I, before that happens. Uh, before we get to Zach Keeper, <laughs> I do think the trickle-down effect from last night that is Colts-related... Again, Aaron Rodgers is not going to reach that 70% threshold of playing time with the Jets. Therefore, Green Bay will not get their first-round pick. And I bring that up because we know they were in the Jonathan Taylor trade talks from just a few weeks ago. If not having an additional first-rounder, what could that do to their interest at all? Let's talk more about that and Anthony Richardson and much more. He is Zach Kiefer from The Athletic. Zach, let's start with the news item from last night. Uh, if you are the Jets, you rolling with Zach Wilson, or are you making a call to one of the washed-up quarterbacks that's sitting on his couch? I'm just glad you guys didn't ask me about Zach Wilson's preference in, in older women. That's how we got <laughs> off that topic. I think he's um, made that clear. Dude, I, I have lived the veteran quarterback carousel. You've lived it, KB. This whole city has lived it the last couple of years in Indianapolis, and it's funny you hear the names being thrown out. Nick Foles, well, he was here. Could not play last year. Just just wildly inaccurate. Could not play. Phillip Rivers, I mean, was there some flirtation with the 49ers last year? If they had made the Super Bowl, he's probably the best bet. But what is Rivers by now, 43, 44? You hear some Carson Wentz talk. I don't think Carson Wentz is any better than Zach Wilson. I think they're going to roll with Zach Wilson. But this is the speculative part that's fun. It's it's really a crushing night, I think, in a lot of ways for the NFL because the Rodgers storyline, whether you like him or dislike him, was endlessly fascinating. I'd agree. And you saw mm-hmm. what the Jets did. I mean, Robert Sala deserves a ton of credit. That defense is unbelievable. No one's talking about the other storyline being – how utterly terrible Josh Allen was, but if, if if to answer your question in a very long-winded way, I think they roll with Zach Wilson. I think it looks exactly like it did last year, and that's just a bummer because this defense is so good, and, and they would have been a really fun team in the AFC East. Zach Kiefer with us here on the Fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Zach, have not met you. Good to meet you on the radio. Can't wait to get out there uh, to some Colts games and uh, and shake your hand around the media buffet. When you look at the options at quarterback for the Jets and the potential options at running back for the Indianapolis Colts, which group is worse right now? Oh man, I'm going. I'm going Colts. <laughs> I am too. There, there is no running back room. Like, the Colts have no running back room. I mean, this is this is such an important part of Sunday's loss. Is like, Richardson was, was really good, I thought. He was really impressive in a lot of decision-making situations. They played a lot of heavy cover, too, which limits the deep ball, which was frustrating on Colts fans' part, right? They didn't take any shots. 
but the kid didn't force it until maybe the end when he kind of had to, you know, weave that ball in over the corner and he didn't do it. But I can live with that. But the, the one takeaway I had walking out of that stadium was they got no run game at all. Like, they don't even have a semblance of an NFL running back room. Like Mike Chappell said, if you're dying for Zach Moss to return, like, that's a really bad spot. And I, I don't think it's crazy to say if 28's on the field, I know there's a lot of ifs. If he's on the field Sunday, they probably win that game because the Jacksonville Jaguars have to play them completely different. And I'm not saying I love Zach Wilson on the other side of this argument, but I hate the Colts running back room. I hate it. And this roster, and, and if you look at a couple spots, it is so egregiously thin. And if this season's all about the kid, if it's all about the quarterback, why haven't you done a little bit more to help him? By that, I mean adding some – I mean, it was just staggering how the – how much of a difference there was in skill position talent for the Jaguars on Sunday and for the Colts. Besides number five, the Colts don't have any real dudes. When we look at Zach Kiefer with us, uh, I'll follow up with this. We've talked about Carson Wentz and, and Matt Ryan and guys like Nick Foles. And then Indianapolis, when you look at running backs that may be out there, because they're going to have to add or at least try somebody out here this week. I mean, you're looking at Kenyon Drake or James Robinson or the aging Kareem Hunt. There's just, you know, for me, you look at the Jets, they don't have any options. I, I mean, on the waiver wire, the, the, the Colts don't have any options either. There's no one sitting out there that makes any sense, right? Right? There's just nobody. If a guy's available September 12th, there's a reason he's available September 12th. Now, that doesn't mean there's guys out there that, that can't play. There's certainly guys that can play. And I think Zach Moss helps you. Hopefully he comes back this week. But this is the problem, and, and this is what Jim Irsay wanted. He wanted Jonathan Taylor to be in that backfield with Anthony Richardson because over time, this season's not going to be about wins and losses. It's going to be about where is this team January 15th when the season's over? Where is Richardson? Does the arrow point up? Has Chris Ballard done enough to make you think they can keep moving it up with the right pieces if you add, say, a Marvin Harrison Jr.? you got to like that. But without Taylor, that just becomes so much harder. And this team's not going to have the home crowd behind it every week, and they're not going to have the same juice that you have on opening Sunday every week. It's going to be really interesting to see where this team is at five, six games in without Jonathan Taylor. So... Look, I don't, I don't love Matt Ryan. I don't love Nick Foles. I don't love any of these guys for the Jets, unless maybe Tom Brady pulls the biggest thunder <laughs> of all. I don't think Bill Belichick would ever let that happen. Oh, man. But, I mean, I, I feel like Zach Wilson can win them six or seven because that defense is so good. I still like that situation better than the Colts running back room because they don't have one right now. Zach Kiefer is with us here from The Athletic. Again, Zach shifting into some more national stuff, but he was in attendance on Sunday for Anthony Richardson's debut. I thought the Trevor Lawrence question you asked him post-game, Zach, pretty enlightening in what Trevor Lawrence shared to Anthony Richardson afterwards in that, okay, you know, you got to protect yourself a little bit. And you look at Richardson right now and exiting week one, there is a couple of lower body injuries. Sounds like he'll be all right, but there's, you know, a knee bruise and there's a little bit of ankle soreness. Um, I go back to the Chris Ballard quote, Zach, like at some point you have to deliver from the pocket. You know, that, that that's a quote that Ballard said often about quarterbacks. And I'm curious, will that kind of always be a question for Richardson of at some point, you just get banged up or you get old and the running element is just not the same thing. And I'm curious how that balance for him is going to play out of how much he runs, how healthy can he stay, and ultimately how much he develops as a passer. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's got to be central to the Colts thinking this year, doesn't it? Like, who is Anthony Richardson's favorite quarterback growing up? 
it was Cam Newton who absolutely, absolutely took over games and took over the league in his peak in 2015. He was flat out unstoppable. But what happened? Two, three years later, he wasn't even close to the same player, and he's out of the league right now. And I don't need to mention the other quarterback who had the same combine numbers as Cam Newton, who came out a year later and lost his career for a variety of reasons, including the absolute punish he took, punishment he took inside and outside the pocket, Andrew Luck. So that's the reality that Richardson is going to have to live with. And the, and the scary part is he's so big and so physically gifted that these hits won't show up right now, and he'll bounce back and he'll play through a lot this season. But it's the wear and tear over time that's going to get him. That's what got Cam Newton. And this wasn't one Friday Night Lights-esque shot that Andrew Luck took. It was an accumulation of years and years of beatings that got worse. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go down the same path with Richardson. He's so big and so strong. But he needs to slide. He needs to, he needs to avoid those hits. Because if he goes down, you're looking at a completely Ooh. lost season. I mean, there's a reason he's playing right now. And if it's not for the wins, it's for the experience. And they, they've got to get that through that kid's head. He's 21 years old. And if they want him here for a decade, he needs to avoid hits at all costs. Zach Kiefer with us. He's from The Athletic on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You make anything, Jonathan Taylor, uh, the Colts saying you can go ahead and stay home and not be at these games. Is that a storyline for you at all? No, it's not that abnormal. Now, I think it would be a very encouraging sign if he was there, but I don't think there have been any encouraging signs right. <laughs> over the last six or seven weeks. Maybe Chris Ballard's press conference a couple of weeks ago in terms of just finally the team opening up and saying, we still want this to work. Finally, somebody said something. Right now, we're just kind of waiting. Like The one thing we don't have in this big drama is Jonathan Taylor's words. Like, yeah, we've got a couple of tweets, but... I'd love to hear from him. Let's go back to the beginning. Where did this start? Why did you change your mind? Like, why has it gotten so bad? Why do you want out? You know, like, we need to hear from yeah. the player. Are you hurt? Sound like mm-hmm. we're, yeah, uh, among, among other things. It sounds like you could pass the physical tomorrow. And like a lot of players, if you get that contract, suddenly your, your body feels great. So we'll see. But, I mean, I, maybe I'm just a pessimistic former beat writer, but (laughs) I don't see this ending well for Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. I see an exit. Zach, last one. Um, Just some great, great feature writing per usual out of you here as of late. The Howard Mudd piece was one of my favorites. What was maybe the most... uh, Tom Moore, sorry. Um, The most interesting anecdote uh, in your your Tom Moore piece that you you discovered. Well, you guys are going to get mad at me because I can't say it on the air, but I'll... uh, I'll color it up a little bit, but um, I think, you know, KB, you grew up in the Peyton days. I grew up in the Peyton days watching that team. You probably took it for granted a little bit, but my favorite story was, and Peyton and I were literally, I was almost crying. I was laughing so hard on the phone. Was You know, they had this play, and they didn't have a name for it. So Tom Moore basically didn't have the name he could call over the headset during a game in New England, and he basically just said, Peyton, just run whatever the F you and Marvin have been working on. And, and Peyton's trying to hear at Gillette Stadium. And it worked for a touchdown. And it was just, it was so fun to talk to him and to Dallas Clark and to Tony Dungy and to Larry Fitzgerald about the impact this guy's had on their careers. One of a kind. I think he should be up in the ring of honor for what he did for this team. 
and for the quarterback that really built this city into a football city. So um, I'm not doing it justice. There's a lot more great anecdotes in that story, but that that was a ton of fun to dig into with Coach Moore. He turned 85 years old in November and is still doing this? He gets to the office at 3.15 every morning. Oh, God. And I asked oh, the Bucks, God. and you guys get up early. I asked the Bucks employees, I'm like, <laughs> okay, who's there? And they're like, well, Coach Bowles gets here at 5 every day. So before Coach Bowles, it's Tom Moore and the janitors. He's 84. Can you imagine? Just kick up your feet, man. I, I don't he, know. He's what? a football guy. He's a lifer. He has nothing to do. It's absolutely incredible. That was a great, great read, Zach. Uh, anything else we should be on the lookout for? Yeah. Yeah, Christian Kirk's story coming out maybe this week or next week. He's the Jaguars player who, you imagine you get a huge payday, something you've been working for your whole life, and on the day you sign your deal, you become an internet punchline and just ripped across the league for being overpaid. So he really opened up on what that was like. That was not fun. And, and then some some really good logs in the fire down the line for the rest of the season. He's our own. He is Zach Kiefer off the Colts beat, but some great, great national insight that he is providing readers of The Athletic. Zach, good seeing you on Sunday, man, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll cross paths down the road. Sounds good. Anytime, guys. Zach Kiefer going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes. Top of the hour, we'll talk some NFL and some Colts with him. Zach Osterman will join us at about 9.30 or so. Uh, do you want to do these overreactions that I have? We're going to try this. We're going to be breaking in some new segments. Mark has sent away for some imaging, some radio imaging. You like radio imaging? Go ahead. You put your finger up. Yeah, Go no, ahead. What I do you just have? Did something sure, break? No, I just want to make sure that we stuck this in because I know it was a debate that we had earlier in regards to Jonathan Taylor. I um, saw this from Stephen Holder, and Stephen scheduled to join us at his normal 8 o'clock slot tomorrow. Um, the team requested for Jonathan Taylor not to be in attendance. Okay, well, that, that's a big on, deal. To me, that's Sundays. a big deal. On, on Sunday. So Why I know do you that think was, that was? Should we talk about that this segment? I, Why do you I, think that is? I, I just think a little bit from... Uh, a distraction standpoint or a you know it doesn't you you've expressed desire not to be here so we don't want you here whereas the other injured guys have not expressed that sort of of desire so i understand why the colts did it um to me i don't think it's like the biggest deal in the world i just think it's another reminder of these two sides are extremely far apart extremely far apart. But it's something that Shane Steichen, when he speaks, what is it, tomorrow with you guys? Yeah, I guess he would you, confirm he, well, Stephen's report. I mean, why, why, if, why, would that be the, why would that be the case? I, I, I think that's interesting. When, yeah, like when Deion Jackson is mm-hmm. fumbling, you know, could, could he be of help? Would he want to yeah. be of help? I mean, I think all those uh, storylines uh, are pretty much overrated. All right, so I'm going to read five things to you, okay, guys? And you tell me if this is a week one overreaction. In fact, I'm going to throw in a college football one as well, okay? You guys may disagree with me. We'll get some fun imaging. We'll get the big voice guy to say some stuff, and we'll make it a six, seven-minute segment, whatever it may be, uh, every single Tuesday because Mondays are too wild. And plus a Monday night football game, something always happens. Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles. Uh, the Jets have a magical win and Josh Allen stinks it up. All of that happened last night for Monday night football. Plus, I mean, Aikman last night. I know you guys were watching the Manning cast. Zach Wilson comes in, KB, and he goes, Zach Wilson's ready for the moment. <laughs> like Zach Wilson hasn't been ready for the, mo- really? <laughs> the moment three years, man. Aik- Go back to BYU. Who are you watching, Aikman? Aikman trying Come to make on. a run at Mrs. Wilson. I here? mean, what are you doing, Aikman? Stop it. Uh, and Aikman ruined my childhood. Anyway, uh, my listen, my first overreaction, I think the Dolphins win the AFC East. 
I, I like th- it. I, I think they win, and I don't think the Jets are going to win eight games. Now, is that because of what Rogers, uh, Rogers' situation? I was going to say, would night? you have said that before last night, or is this just a no, no. Aaron Rodgers well, reaction? The, I feel even more comfortable because the Jets now are going to be an easy win. I, I'm sorry, defensively they'll hold up, but in the end, that offensive line and Zach Wilson are not going to be anywhere. Zach Wilson cannot play quarterback in the NFL. I'd rather have Gardner Minshew ten times. Uh, what, what's the saying? Ten times in, in, on Sunday. What's the saying? KB, help me here. Every Every day, including on Sunday. Yeah, I can't something remember. Something line. like that. Uh, so, yeah. Dolphins win the AFC East. I'm not sold on their defense. We so they won see. seven last year and lost their last six. So, you you don't have them getting to eight this year? I, I, I think you're looking at, if you gave me an over-under, I'd put that over-under at six and a half or seven and a half right now. Boy, with the, with the Dolphins, bad, again, they are so explosive offensively. I think your worries there is just Tua holding up for 17 games. Slash, do they have enough on defense. I mean, they had to win a shootout with, you know, albeit a good Chargers offense, certainly, but that would be the the concern that I have there. That that division, though, I mean, I think you can make the argument from one to four, it's one of, if not the deepest in all of football. I mean, New England had a great chance late to beat Philly. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, New, New England's getting even, praise even like in their with, loss. You know, even, I, I don't think... I don't view the Jets as just like, oh, it's it's two or three wins. I mean, hell, they no, won last night. No, I view them night. more of six or seven. Seven, um, maybe. But I think, I, I think that division from one to four is one of, if not the best in the league. Uh, Bengals, a fringe playoff team. Bengals fighting for their lives. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm nervous, man. I mean, that was a bad showing. Uh, Cleveland is a better team. I still think Pittsburgh is going to be, not fine, but I think Pittsburgh and, and, and Cincinnati, that's always a game where, you know, Pittsburgh, if they split or Pittsburgh won those games, that wouldn't be surprising. And I picked Baltimore to win. In that division, the Bengals scared me with the way they played on Sunday. Yeah, I'm gonna chalk a little. Yeah, I'm gonna chalk a little bit up uh, of that to Mother Nature. Obviously, Burrow's injury situation. What I think is interesting to point out about the first two things that you bring up, though, Andy, you bring up the AFC East and the AFC North. And in some way, shape, or form, we've said there's no easy outs mm-hmm. in those two divisions. So that's obviously six of your 17 games. It just is another reminder of how big of a joke the AFC South is and that I'm looking at this Colts Texans game on Sunday and I'm thinking the Colts are going to win this game and I'm like not even like I, 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 I'm not even like that worried about it. it. Oh boy, Mark, you better save that. Uh-huh. You better Noted. save. If you I better were a Colts save fan, that. like I think Houston stinks. And, and, I think you know, they do too. And in the Houston market right now, they might look at the Colts and be like, "This is the easiest game." On we, our schedule. We can win this you game. Know, like, like, I'm with you. And then you still have Tennessee, which we saw Tennessee in week one. Did Ryan Tannehill throw 10 interceptions? Like The fact that this division provides two borderline three of those types of teams is unlike anything you're going to see in the AFC, whether it's the East, whether it's the North, or it's the AFC West. Number three. Well, I, I'll, oh, go real ahead, quick, I'll push yeah. back to the Bengals. Uh, I will... I'll, I'm still going to ride with the Bengals. I think it was a week one situation. I mean, they, they're pouring home, down rain the whole game. Yeah, they're home against the Ravens this week. That's a tough game. But after that, home against the Rams, at the Titans, home against the Cardinals. If you're not 
three and two at that point, then or it might maybe be a four problem. One, right? Then then I'll start getting right. concerned. That, that's fair. Uh, quickly, number three, Brandon Staley, head coach of the Chargers, doesn't make it through the season. It's a guy that I think should have been fired last year. I can understand they made the playoffs. They gave up the big, uh, you know, they gave up the big lead. They just never win big games. They're nine and eight, ten and seven, and Kellen then Moore would this be the year. interim head coach. Uh, I mean, to me, they've been uh, if yeah, yeah, yeah for a defensive minded sure. head coach, giving sure. up. What did Miami get to forty? weren't they close to forty? Uh, was it thirty seven? Uh, something yeah. like that. Close enough. You can't have that. Yeah. I, I do think he is one of the few coaches on the list of good football team could be fired mm-hmm. at some point. Like there's always those guys of like we're not meeting expectations. They, they, they have a head, we're going to send a, they have Someone's, a quarterback. They have a quarterback. Right. Someone yeah. that has to take the blame for the lack of a quarterback. You know, in a way, there's a bit of like the Jim Moore to Tony Dungy situation here in Indy yep. a little bit with that. So. Um, yes, I, I would say that is one I could see happening. Yeah, he's got a track record of kind of making some very odd decisions in game and and whatnot. So I think if if he's and not you're at a defensive the top, minded he's near head coach, top. when that side of the ball is struggling to the degree and it's letting your franchise quarterback down, that should be looked at in a negative light. Uh, number four locally. I think we see Gardner Minshew start game uh, start a game this season. I think it could be uh, multiple it's, games. It's probably a pretty is, e- is that's an easy bet, right? Is it? I mean, everyone feels that way. I just think you look at what happened on Sunday. I mean, two lower body injuries after his first ever NFL game, just natural wear and tear. And I mean, Andy, if there ever is a close call on playing him in a week, don't you, you err yeah. on the side of? Oh, yeah, we're not going to play him and not risk what happened to our previous franchise quarterback. So I'd probably go a step further. I think you'd set the Gardner Minshew over under more at like two and a half. Two and a half. Something like that. Just given how Richardson plays, the style of it. I mean, quarterbacks, I don't know. If you take the average of the 32 starting quarterbacks, what, they probably miss one to two games a year just simply off of uh, general wear and tear of that. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's an overreaction. Last one, Nick Saban won't win another national title. I I, I finally I know we don't care about it. We got him up against the break. Uh, he's in his seventies. I hope that's early true. early seventies. I want Saban. Notre Dame to win a national title. <laughs> Have I told you that? What would and you I do? I want it to happen this year. What would you do? Do would they do a parade in South Bend? I would walk around the circle in a Notre Dame speedo. Save that as uh, well. Hope that eight fi- eight fifty five and eight fifty eight. And oh, I would do on. it. You wouldn't want to see that happen. Mark? I would do it in January, w- no. whenever the national title game is. When, when is it? January thirteenth, fourteenth, something like that. <laughs> How about the Tuesday morning after? Well, uh, what are the New York uh, radio? Nick Saban seventy one, by the way. A New York radio uh, gas bag. Nice the- Kelly Green Notre Dame speedo. With, I can picture it when now. The Giants made the Super Bowl in 07. He walked across uh, one of the bridges there in a speedo. That's that's a terrifying. I'd be honored a, to do the ter- same thing. That's a terrifying thing. Had to pack the speed. Sam up. Hartman, make yeah. it happen. Marcus Freeman, make it happen. <laughs> Zach Kiefer on the other side. It's the wake up call. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. KB and Andy. All right, Zach Osterman from the Indy Star going to join us here in just a second. Reminder. 
We will have the pop quiz. Scotty's in studio. We will not disappoint him. We thought about playing a joke on you, Scotty. Well, we're going to we're gonna put it off today. We'll put it off on a Tuesday. Joking. We're not going to do that. Uh, we'll do that in about 15 minutes or so. All right, let's head to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Zach Osterman from the Star joins us. Zach, a very good morning to you. That's number one. And number two, uh, obviously, this is you wrote the story this morning. It's something that has been rumored now seemingly for many weeks that Indiana was going to buy themselves out of uh, the uh, the remainder of the U of L series, uh, the next two games, one including would be a home game, an FCS opponent, uh, probably going to be lined up there. Is it simple? They're not a good football team. They're trying to win six games. The Big Ten is expanding. Is it just something, you know, simply that simple, I guess, Zach? Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and credit where it's due, I, I should I should give credit to my counterpart, uh, my colleague, Mark Meisley, from the Herald Times, because he, he was the one who reported uh, first that they were getting out of the 2025 game. This is confirmation they're also getting out of the game next year. There's no penalty for withdrawing from the 2025 game because they gave notice far enough in advance. They will have to pay a million dollar, uh, I think it's called like a liquidation fee or something. It's basically just a cancellation penalty uh, because it's within two years of that 2024 game. But, um, you know, I've seen a lot of the, and I'm not – not trying to buy into all the Twitter discourse, but I've seen a lot of the Indiana's afraid of Louisville, et cetera. This really isn't about Louisville. It's just about the fact that the Big Ten has gotten a lot more difficult in the last four or five years. Um, the Big Ten has also relaxed its rules around non-conference scheduling. The playoff has expanded. And Indiana just wants to try and make a path to bowl eligibility as, as smooth as it possibly can, knowing that it is always going to be facing a pretty steep fight in the Big Ten. So I understand people who maybe say that they don't like the optics of this as IU fans. I understand people who sort of say, oh, shouldn't you be challenging yourself more? I I just, I think that this is, you know, number one, I think it's somewhat the cost of one of the many costs of conference consolidation. Number two, I I would say, speaking objectively as I can, um, I, I just... Of all the things to be mad about with all these conference changes, I, I, it, it's hard for me to summon the the scorn or the anger or the shame for programs like Indiana just just trying to keep their heads above water. What is Zach Osterman with us? Zach, what do you, what do you think the re what what's your read? of the lay of the land with the Indiana fan. Do they care about this? Do they not care about this? Are they upset about this? Or, you know, do they believe, hey, we're trying to win six games and basically everything you're saying there, we're trying to win six games and we understand where we are in football. What What is the overall reaction, do you think, the last couple weeks? I think probably at least half the – and listen, this is obviously all anecdotal. I'm, I'm not a polling firm. Um, but uh, I would say at least half of the – interactions I've gotten on this, whether it's social media, in person, whatever, have just kind of been like, that's fine. You know, the, the, the ultimate goal is bowl eligibility, is postseason participation. It, it's not to, you know, sort of put up some valiant struggle and, and go down nobly or whatever. I think there are people who are People who are disappointed in it, again, probably the optics more than anything, I would suggest that if, Indi- let's say, Indiana were to smooth the road a little bit, you know, let's let's say that Indiana goes to a bowl next year and Louisville winds up in the top 15 in the country and Indiana can sort of quietly but justifiably point to the decision to back out of this game and say, you know, maybe we're not in a bowl if we have to play them in the non-conference, certainly on the road. Um, I think probably a lot of people who'd be disappointed in maybe the optics of something like this 
ultimately would be just as happy, if not happier, to see Indiana in the bowl game. Um, I just think it's, you know, I, I, I do think, I think it's, number one, it's, it's different for basketball because basketball still has, at least for the moment, um, a, a real sort of non-conference resume component to it. You know, you, you're not judged on who you played in the non-conference. When it comes time to, um, you know, go to the Pinstripe Bowl or the Music City Bowl, that's just your record and where you fall in the Big Ten pecking order. Um, whereas, obviously, when you drop a Kentucky in basketball, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's a right. big deal. Number two, I, I do think there's a tradition element to it. Like, I, I actually, and I argued this briefly on Twitter last night, I think there's still some value for Indiana in that Notre Dame series in 2030 and 2031. And I'm not trying to pick on Louisville. But, you know, Indiana-Notre Dame is a little different than Indiana-Louisville or Indiana-Cincinnati or, you know, Indiana-Missouri, if we're recalling maybe some of the other non-conference football series Indiana's played in the recent past. And I'm not saying Indiana's going to dump every single Power 5 opponent it's got on its future schedules. Um, But I just think that, you know, it's different sports and it's different sort of expectations, probably a little bit different, you know, just sort of, view of the, the, the prestige of the program, so to speak, and I just don't think a lot of people are going to blame Indiana for this inside the fan base. Zach Osterman's with us here from the Indianapolis Star. We'll get to Taven Jackson and that announcement here in just a second. I did want to look at Saturday, Zach, in relation to the game itself. It's at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's a neutral site game, of course. Any idea like what the ticket split is going to look like or, or how it was maybe distributed um, for this game at Lucas Oil? Uh, I think it was pretty even in terms of, you know, like schools getting different allocations. And I think there was, I don't know the contract in front of me. I want to say it was a decent amount of these games is always just going to be general sale as well, because you're understanding that you're probably, you know, Indiana Louisville is going to draw a good, good crowd, but you're probably not going to sell out Lucas Oil Stadium by any means. And so um, there's always going to be an element of this, this general sale. But I, I think for the neutral site game, it was, it was pretty even, all things considered. I don't know what. Do you think it'll be even? I have, yeah, I, to be honest, I haven't looked into tick, like what where ticket sales are. I would be surprised if one program overrode the other. Obviously, Louisville's probably got a little bit more energy and momentum around it right now. It's Jeff Brom's first year. It started encouragingly. The first half against Georgia Tech side. Um, but on the other hand, obviously, Indiana and downtown Indianapolis is always going to draw. Just I mean, there's a there's kind of a baseline that IU is, is going to meet. And I think if you're an Indiana fan, you know, this team hasn't done a lot to maybe dampen uh, a starting quarterback now. You've had a couple of encouraging performances. You don't want to make too much of them, but at the same time, sorry, that's my, my room, but deciding to be loud <laughs> at the, the worst possible time. But um, you thought know, it was a tornado drill. I thought it was a tornado drill. Yeah, I was worried yeah. that something yeah. was happening like the, at the, the Osterman household. Miss something in Monroe County? No, no, just a, just a, a wet, uh, wet September day. But, um, you know, if you're an Indiana fan, I, I don't think there's a ton of reason to sort of be, you know, to, to have sort of your excitement dampened on this season yet. So I would be surprised if it's, you know, heavily one or the other. I guess I could see a world where there's more Louisville fans than Indiana fans just because, again, Jeff Brown's first year, Big Ten, Big Ten team in the non-conference. It's an NFL stadium. It's only a couple hours up the road. 
Um, but I'd be surprised if it's, you know, 80-20 one way or the other. All right, obviously the big news from yesterday, Taven Jackson being named the starter. So a couple non-conference games he will now get. And this offense, I guess, will get to, you know, get used to what a Taven Jackson offense looks like, the, the you know, the play styles, those sorts of things. What has Tom Allen's explanation been on why he adopted kind of this plan of Sorsby's going to start against Ohio State, then Taven Jackson after that? Why this sort of kind of multi-week sort of evaluation, obviously against two vastly different opponents? Basically, it's just because Indiana didn't feel like they'd separated between themselves in in the offseason. And, you know, based on what we were able to see, and of course, there's a lot we weren't, and there's, you know, there's always an element of you're not sure what you're looking at in a practice setting or, you know, what's actually being sort of insights in a scrimmage or whatever. Um but essentially, I would think it's fair to say, based on what we saw as the media during spring camp, little bits and pieces in the summer, and then obviously preseason, it was very hard to separate them. And it was, you know, one thing I sort of uh, found myself saying a lot toward the end of fall camp was there's not some sort of default kind of, well, if we can't break, break them apart, then you know, maybe one of them has two or three years more experience and that, that, you know, sets them apart. Or one is just an electric athlete or, you know, one can be on his knees at the 20-yard line and throw it into the opposing end zone. They are very similar quarterbacks. They're a little bit different. I mean, you know, I think they're slightly different in their arm talent and, you know, maybe some of their strengths in, in the pocket and behind center. But something that both Tom Allen and Walt Bell have stressed for months now is, you know, you don't draw up two completely. They're they're similar enough that you can kind of overlay the same game plan onto each of them and then just sort of adjust it based on, you know, which quarterback is back there in terms of his maybe his quirks or his preferences or whatever. And if you really couldn't separate them, I I kind of see Tom Allen's point, which is, and I think he's kind of been vindicated on this, basically just you've got these two games that are – kind of extreme challenges. There's one that, and I'm not trying to be flippant, but Indiana's unlikely to beat Ohio State, especially week one. You're breaking in a new quarterback. You're breaking in a new defensive coordinator. You know, it's, it's, that's a lot to ask no matter where Ohio State is. And then you should beat Indiana State comfortably kind of no matter what you do, which mm-hmm. of course they did. Um, and so basically just kind of put these two in the crucible of live games and just see who, who maybe steps up in that moment because there's no position – you know, Taven Jackson said yesterday that, that quarterback is the toughest position in football to practice. And he might be right, and I kind of understand his point. There's a lot going on. You have a lot to process. There's a lot of different layers to how quarterback practices. But on the other hand, I would also point out, it is probably the most controlled position, other than maybe like kicker or punter. Quarterbacks aren't allowed to be sacked. They aren't allowed to be hit. You know, they, 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 there is an extreme level of control that is sort of exercised over basically just what a quarterback is allowed to sort of how, how far into the game of football a quarterback is allowed to immerse himself in practice. So let him get hit a little bit. Let him, you know, let him sort of run around against live opponents that aren't going to stop when the, you know, the referee blows his whistle because they got within three yards of the QB. Nobody's wearing a non-contact jersey. And just see if that doesn't, you know, maybe reveal which one has just a little bit of an edge over the other. And I, I think it is fair to say that, David Jackson has done that. I, I, I don't – the numbers are up in my office. Forgive me. I'm not going to make y'all wait while I try to upstairs. But I want to say that in, in non-jump drives, so non-end-of-half you know, drives, 
Um, Taven Jackson got 12, and I think Brendan Sorsby got 10 over the first two games by my count. Jackson had six touchdowns, six, six scores in 12 drives. Sorsby had, I think, two scores in 10, or maybe it was two scores in eight. Um, all five of Indiana's touchdown drives under Taven Jackson against Indiana, uh, or against Indiana State came with Taven Jackson behind center. There's, of course, only a field goal, but Indiana's lone field, Indiana's only points against Ohio State also came on one of Taven Jackson's drives. I wouldn't say either of these guys has made a ton of mistakes, has played sloppy football, has kind of done something that just said, well, you can't live with that, you know, strike him off the record. I just think Jackson's been a little bit more decisive, a little bit more composed. And to be fair to Tom Allen, I don't know if you find that out with the level of certainty that maybe you've gotten if you don't take this this sort of two QB, two week approach. Zach, great work on the Louisville uh, story, the FCS, the 2024 schedule, and diving a little bit deeper into um, certainly is a topic that not only resonates in Bloomington, but I think all of college football right now with conference expansion and how schedules will be impacted, particularly in the non-conference. So appreciate some insight into that. Uh, Safe travels up here to Indy this weekend, and uh, enjoy uh, Hoosiers and Cardinals from Lucas Oil. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always.